Welcome to A to Z Sports Powered, as always, by the BetMGM app. I'm Austin Stanley. He is Jack uh, Gentry of the Tighten Up Podcast, and we are Nashville's on-demand sports talk network going live weekday mornings at 8 central time on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Links to the show segment by segment on our Twitter X timeline. Also, hit us up on Instagram, TikTok, and Threads for more great Titans content. We got to thank our sponsors because they make it happen for us, and they help out all of you, like Wilson County Hyundai, WilsonCountyHyundai.com is where to go to make them a part of your new car buying process. Uh, the Bone and Joint Institute, BoneAndJointTN.org, the re- uh, region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. Farm Bureau Health Plans, get better with Farm Bureau Health Plans at FBHP.com slash ATOZ. And Krebs Kubota, an elite Kubota dealer with three great locations across the mid-state in Columbia, Franklin, and Murfreesboro. They're online at KrebsKubota.com. So, uh, some housekeeping notes before we officially dive into this. Uh, Sam Phelan, our Titans reporter for A to Z sports.com, uh, has been the loudest on the Mike Vrabel firing was a mistake uh, from Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, Sam was scheduled to do the show yesterday with me, uh, but had fallen ill. Uh, and then so Jack stepped in and Sam uh, got the confirmation last night. Sam Phelan in 2024 has the COVID. So Sam is feeling it bad. And so, look, I don't know. I have not texted with Sam other than you're still alive. Sanka, you dead yet? I've sent Sam a couple (laughs) check-in texts to see how things are going. I have not asked him if he's uh, changed his mind or opinion on the firing of Mike Vrabel in the last uh, couple of days. And so hopefully Sam can battle through and get stronger to where he can be back next week. And we can put all of that into a blender because I texted this to Sam uh, as we were, uh, this was on Wednesday. I think I texted Sam. I can't wait to zip you up in a body bag tomorrow on the show. Uh, And he goes, bring it on. I can't wait. And then hours later he was like, I I'm dead. (laughs) So, uh, so that's where Sam is. Uh, But the other housekeeping note, Jack is that Mike Vrabel is not the next head coach of the new England Patriots. That would be former Tennessee Vols linebacker, All-American, and All-Pro Pro Bowl linebacker of the New England Patriots, Gerard Mayo, uh, who I saw this reporting happening just before we went live. The Patriots are allowed uh, to hire Gerard Mayo without interviewing any other candidates because they had paperwork done uh, prior to this that was a succession plan to Bill Belichick that allows the Patriots to go ahead and make that higher official. So, Jack, before we go in there and go into all of this Vrabel ego stuff and Buck Rising's reporting to go along with what Diana Rossini and Joe Rexrode had, our buddy Joe and uh, Buck's friend Diana had at the Athletic, uh, what is your reaction to Gerard Mayo being the head coach of the Patriots, not fired Titans coach Mike Vrabel? I'd like to sit here and tell you that I'm surprised, but I'm not. It felt like Mayo was the direction they were headed in all along. And, you know, you see this Ian Rappaport report. Uh, which is actually harder to say than, uh, you know, I'm the leading Ian on Rappaport. Here. Yeah. So yes, exactly. So, you know, in Mayo's contract, it had, it had written out that he would be the successor to Bill Belichick when Bill Belichick decided to hang it up. So the Patriots yeah. didn't even reach out to Mike Vrabel, which is a little shocking in itself, but good for the Patriots. Mayo's really climbed his way through the coaching ladder. And, you know, he's a guy that I believe will be successful up in new England. Um, what's next for Mike Vrabel. I'm sure we'll talk about that a whole lot next week. But Austin, I, I just don't see a gig right now that really fits Mike Vrabel. Like, 
outside of maybe Seattle, there aren't a lot of openings that are attractive for a guy like Vrabel who's not going to want to sit around and put up with six and 11 seasons. Yeah, I have a, uh, and we'll, I kind of go into what Buck wrote because if you have not read Buck's article uh, yet, I will go ahead and post the link in the chat. If you're watching on YouTube, you should be able uh, to read Buck's article while also still watching us. Facebook, I'm not really sure with what Meta's got going on. But uh, Buck did uh, write uh, it towards the, the bottom of his report that came out this morning about Mike Vrabel's next step. And Buck says multiple sources close to Vrabel have, not set, have said to not rule out the idea of Vrabel taking some time off as opposed to jumping right into his next, ju- two job, next job. The last two years have been taxing on everyone including uh, the ousted Vrabel. So that uh, is what Buck had to say about Vrabel's next step. Sam, uh, uh, sorry, I just call, almost called you Sam. I've almost called Sam Zach. Sorry, hey, I'm gonna, I yeah, take I'm it as a compliment. Eat. Yes, right. Uh, but Jack, I actually have two, uh, oh, uh, two jobs that I think Mike Vrabel would be a player for, uh, but I'm going to wait until the NFL playoff weekend uh, to go into that because I, I don't necessarily think those jobs are uh, currently open. Um, really? So uh, yeah. So that, look, that that's a uh, time for um, another show. Uh, but Jack, let's dive into what Mike Vrabel did to himself. He played himself and Buck Rising's headline uh, yesterday or this morning on a to Z sports.com. Mike Vrabel bet on himself and lost the Titans head coaching job. And so once again, want to show this graphic. Uh, from our friends Diana Rossini and Joe Rexrode at The Athletic uh, that we talked through yesterday, but that Amy Adams-Shrunk considered moving on from Vrabel last season after for a fresh start. According to a team source, Shrunk still liked what Vrabel was as a head coach and hoped that the arranged marriage between Carthon and Vrabel would work because both men showed willingness to adapt. Um, Vrabel was hoping for Ryan Calden. We go through all of this and what happened when Carthon got the job, Mike Vrabel not happy whatsoever, with that. Uh, but Jack, here is what Buck Rising wrote and published this morning on a to z sports.com. And I posted the link in the chat. Strunk's vision of Carthon and Vrabel's coexistence failed. Vrabel overplayed his hand, and now the two remaining heads of state must find better ways to articulate their vision of the future. And I thought this was uh, honestly a pretty sick line uh by Buck Rising. Uh Vrabel's biggest failure in all of this was underestimating the controlling owner he was there to serve. True to form, Vrabel ended his Titans career ready for a knife fight. He forgot what kind of heat his billionaire boss was packing. So that's, it's pretty interesting right there from Buck, Jack. So um, your initial reaction to Buck's further reporting after reading that this morning. Yeah, you know, nothing in there really surprises me because, you know, we kind of know Vrabel to be this hard-headed guy. And, you know, I, I don't blame Vrabel for trying to make the aggressive push for total roster control, right? Because in his mind, and, you know, I mean, it's it's objectively, he accomplished a lot in his six seasons with the Titans. Now he flamed out towards the end. And maybe the timing of this whole, you know, whole request and, and you know, push for roster control was bad because they were losing a whole lot when this was going on. But I don't blame him for doing it, and I don't blame Amy for cutting ties with him after it didn't work out. Um, so yeah, it, you know, it doesn't surprise me, but uh, I don't know. It, it, you know, we're about to ask a question that I'm ready to get into, and uh, yeah, I, it, this, this report doesn't do anything totally new to me, 
because I, I think that yesterday was the bombshell and Buck, obviously great writing. I mean, that guy, that guy, one of the best in town when it comes to writing words. Um, but, but yeah, nothing, nothing totally surprises me. Is anything that new to where I'm changing my opinions, but I like the way that he put it, that, you know, Rabel went down swinging because that's, you know, what Rabel's going to do. Yeah. And so when, when Buck tweets out his own article this morning, uh, he simply put it and, you know, this is just Buck's style. What I learned this week, Colin, don't F with Amy Adams struck. <laughs> and that's exactly what that is. And, uh, Mike Vrabel's ego made him think he could outmaneuver the Titans billionaire owner. And he lost that bet. And when you're thinking about this, like you know, the, the level of self-confidence, arrogance, ego, cockiness, stubbornness, whatever adjective you want to use to describe Mike Vrabel's thought about himself, the fact that he truly believed that he could go toe-to-toe with the billionaire boss, you know, is something to be admired, but it also is like, man, what were you thinking, man? And I like, I, and I talked about this yesterday that to an extent, I understand why Mike Grable felt that way because John Robinson, the last couple of years when he was the Titans GM and vice president of the Titans uh, on the football side of the operations was calling more of the shots than he was not. Um, and so I'm not going to go as far as Jay is saying that Vrabel's a narcissist because I think Mike Vrabel's a good guy. Like, and, and I, I want to say that too, before I go further, I think Mike Vrabel is a good guy. There are situations that have happened with media members over the years that have not been caught on camera or on a press conference live stream that shows and proves that Mike Vrabel is a good guy. I saw Teresa Walker who, uh, unintentionally gave Sam the COVID this week because Teresa is battling her COVID battle this week as well. Teresa Walker on Twitter saying that her son was in a car accident. She had to, to, to bolt from practice. And Mike Vrabel said to Teresa, do you need help from our security staff for you to get there? And then followed up with Teresa the next day asking how um, her son was in the car accident. I, you know, with Teron Davenport's situation that's going on, I know that Teron was at the facility afterwards and Vrabel pulled Teron aside uh, to kind of check in on that. When Mike Vrabel gave me about a half dozen F-bombs from 50 yards across the field uh, back in the training camp of 2019 for doing something that I thought I had every right to do and I still think I had every right to do with my phone camera, Mike Vrabel cussed me out and then right after practice, Mike Vrabel sought me out to apologize personally and then apologize at the press conference uh, to me there too. So like, as, as you know, there's a bunch of different examples of Mike Vrabel. Uh, I've talked about the special Olympics thing earlier in the week. Uh, I was at a polar plunge with Mike Vrabel and what he gave to the, like, he's a good guy. And so I don't think he is an, an, an asshole. He can be, I don't think he's a narcissist. I don't think he's an evil person as Jay's following up to saying, but yeah, Mike Vrabel overplayed his hand. Uh, and there's yeah. also a line in here. Go ahead, Jack. I was going to say stubborn is as stubborn does. And stubborn Mike Vrabel's stubbornness, you know, helped him become a top 10 coach at his peak. But his stubbornness also led to his downfall. And, you know, it, it's just kind of who he is. And there's going to be some owners that are willing to put up with it. Amy Adams Strunk is not one of those. Yeah. And, um, and there's also a line in here that Buck put, and it's from a league source that said Rain Carthon is a master politician. And so that's something too there. And so we'll have to find out 
what type of maneuvering and politicking Rand Carthon has been doing uh, over the last year that was a good thing for Rand Carthon or a bad thing for Vrabel, or is that just Rand Carthon also being very diplomatic? Um, but I find that fascinating. And like Jack, you know, I, I do sales. You've done some sales in your past with A to Z. And, you know, we've always had this thing of whenever you're trying to pitch somebody on something, if you can convince that person that your idea is actually their idea, you're going to have a better chance of getting your idea accepted by them if they think it's theirs. So how much of that was going on with Rand Carthon trying to convince Vrabel that it's Vrabel's idea so that Mike Vrabel would go on and be happy with it. And then, you know, there's a lot of thought and, and in Buck's piece, we talked about this yesterday too, Jack, is that Vrabel wanted uh, Ryan Cowden as the GM. And if Ryan Cowden was the GM, then he would have pseudo had roster control because of what Vrabel thought he could do to overpower and have the final say and the influence over Ryan Cowden in that position. And so Amy Adams Strunk wanted nothing to do with that. Nothing mm -hmm. uh, to do with that. And, and that's what Remy says right there. Uh, Ran, uh, if Rand was the assistant GM to Vrabel, then he got what he wanted. And so, go ahead. That's not the way that two adults in a professional organization should be working right, like together as, right? Like Rand Carthon shouldn't have to pawn off his own ideas as Vrabel's just to keep him happy. Like there, there shouldn't be any of that. There, and I like Orlando's comment. Any blackjack players will understand this. He had 20 while the dealer was showing 10. And he said, you know what? Hit me. It, you, you had it all. You, you really had it all. All you had to do was ride out this little dip and you'd be right back with $75 million a GM who can draft well and, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of power. I mean, I made this analogy last week, but Amy Adams shrunk drug John Robinson out to the beach, like uh game of Thrones style and had the dragon burn him alive right in front of Mike Vrabel. And, you know, as a, as a, you know, a token to, to her loyalty to Vrabel. And I, I think that he took that and ran with it just a little bit too far, no pun intended. Um And, and yeah, we're, we're right here talking about, just how the relationship between Rand Carthon and Mike Vrabel was just a little funky. And you don't hear that from top level organizations around the league. No, not at all. All right. Eight of these sports here live on this Friday, uh, Jack, I, I don't know about what the weather is around on, on your parts, but it looks like the sky is kind of chilled out a little bit. Uh, so hopefully the internet connection can stay strong uh, as we were kind of slightly concerned about that uh, starting the show with some crazy weather in Nashville this morning, but uh, let's go deeper into this conversation and uh, the reporting around Mike Vrabel's downfall from Buck Rising alongside the reporting from Joe Rexford and Diana Rossini the day before. Here's our question to you guys. Does this reporting about Mike Vrabel's ego downfall make you more or less confident in Rand Carthon and Amy Adams Strunk moving forward? Because now we've had a, a couple of days to have conversations about Mike Vrabel. Let's flip it and discuss the other side of this. Does it make you feel more or less confident in the two that have stayed, Rand Carthon and Mike uh, and Amy Adams Strunk moving forward? But first, I want to tell everybody about Farm Bureau Health Plans. They've been serving Tennesseans for over 75 years, uh, and we'll find out uh, 
uh, what they can do for you just by going to fbhp.com slash ATOZ. That is Farm Bureau Health Plans at fbhp.com slash ATOZ. Regardless of your situation, Farm Bureau Health Plans can truly help you out and get you the right type of health coverage, the right plan for whatever your situation may be. And they do it for a fantastic rate. Zach Bingham was out there by himself as an entrepreneur, uh, self-employed uh, uh, single person, having to go to the marketplace and pay out of the you-know-what for his health coverage. Not anymore because he's been with Farm Bureau Health Plans now for over two years, and that plan helps him not pay out of pocket for the dentist. It helps him with his contacts and vision plan and his overall health plan as well. So you can do the same thing, serving Tennesseans for a long time, 75-plus years uh, right there, fbhp.com slash ATOZ. Football fans, do I have a great promotion for you guys. The playoffs are right around the corner. BetMGM's got Super Bowl futures up there. You can bet on who you think is going to be the Super Bowl MVP. Go get some great odds right now on some guys that are likely to be in that game. But do it with BetMGM and sign up using our bonus code A to Z Sports. When you do that, new users will get up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet misses. If you're on a different sportsbook and you want to switch up your luck or take advantage of this great offer, download BetMGM. It's so easy to use, so easy to navigate, and they've got great promotions that help you guys win. So download BetMGM and use our bonus code ATOZ Sports to get up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet misses. All right, so uh, going to get to all of your answers here the question we asked uh is does the reporting about mike vrabel's ego make you more or less confident in Rand carthon and amy adam strunk moving forward because those two people uh amy's going nowhere she owns the team you're not gonna you're not to pry the team out of her cold dead hands hopefully a long 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 time from now uh, because Amy is a pleasant person to interact with, but she's also very cutthroat, as we've learned now uh, throughout uh, multiple of these moves. And then Rain Carthon now here for just about one full year. So does it make you more or less confident in those two, Amy Adams Strunk and Rain Carthon? Jack, I'll send you the chat. By the way, hit that like button. We're now at the 55 likes on uh, Facebook. So I like that. I'll have to refresh the YouTube video to see where we're at on YouTube. But Jack, uh, I will toss it to you to head to the chat. More likes are needed, uh, so bring that on. More or less confident as YouTube's up to 82 likes. Yeah, until Facebook catches up to YouTube, Austin, I have no choice but to start with YouTube comments. So <laughs> Facebook, let's get those numbers up. Let's pump it up here. Andre Bunting starts us off on YouTube. He says more confident. Joseph Osborne on Facebook says less. Eric says more. Dylan says no change. Uh, Major Key says more. Um, Connor agrees. Curtis says way more confident. Kevin's checking in at more. So is Orlando. Lou Man's at less. Uh, Rachel is on YouTube with more. Ethan agrees. Uh, Scott and Biggie and Steven say more. Hashtag trust the collaboration. Um, Rambo says more. Uh, Trey says he's full steam ahead. I assume that that's more. Um, Darren says reports change nothing for me. Um, if, if it hasn't changed, where do you side yeah, on Yeah, that's... That's a good that's a good follow-up because we need, you know, if it doesn't change, we gotta know where you were. Maybe, maybe Darren was all about this firing uh from the, the beginning. Yeah, follow up with us there, Darren. We'll we'll try and get to your comment. Uh tighten up Tony says more confident. They ain't taking his BS. Uh Yuri says more. Pistol, Ashley both agree with more. Uh Scary Harry says neither. It's two separate things. Boyd says neutral. Uh Clayton says more. 
Tighten up agrees. Danny Woodson also agrees. Sean says more confident. Um, so way more more confident than less confident. And Austin, that doesn't surprise me because you know I don't know how these reports can make you feel less confident. Um, and Darren does follow up with us. He says fire was a good move. Let Ran and Amy cook. So I hear you on that, Darren. I don't think I don't know how this can make me less confident. I do think that if you are less confident, you're probably upset with um, Amy's kind of cutthroatness. That's probably not a word, but I'm going to use it as a word, and sure. um, y'all are all going to ha- have to accept that. But I, I, I think that I'm more confident just because you know it, it sounded like things were getting a little out of control in the building. Not like you know you know pers- on a personal level. But I think that there was, you know, a bit of a power play going on. And at the end of the day, as an owner, you, you got to set a structure and these guys got to fall in line with your structure. And I think Amy did that out of principle. She said, you know what? I've seen how this GM coach thing works around the league. I saw how it worked in Houston with Bill O'Brien. I saw how it just went down in New England with Bill Belichick. I saw how it went down at the end of my dad's reign in Tennessee when Jeff Fisher took total control. All three of those ended up in coaches being let go or fired. Um, so, I, you know, I, I think that that's a principal thing for Amy. So while Vrabel might have deserved it, and probably, you know, the timing would have been right ahead of the 2022 season, I think that when he asked for it, it was bad. When they brought in Rand, who wasn't his guy, Vrabel wanted uh, Ryan Cowden in that building so that, you know, you know, because the two had a working relationship, maybe Vrabel gets a little more input with a familiar guy. And that's Vrabel's MO, right? Like familiarity works for Vrabel. So when you have a familiar guy in the GM seat, Vrabel's words maybe carry a little bit more weight as opposed to when you bring in a new guy from all the way across the country in Rand Carthon who brings new ideas, who's kind of a you know a new age GM as opposed to Vrabel who's kind of old school in, in, in a few different ways. So it doesn't make me less confident. So by default, I would have to say it makes me more confident because look, Amy's not – you know, changing things around for certain people, right? You have to fit in what Amy believes is the right structure. The coach doesn't get to run the owner. The owner has mm-hmm. to be in charge of the coach and separate the coach from the GM. And, and when things got a little murky, I think that Amy cleared it up and it surprised a lot of us that she didn't, she made this move. So I think for I'm sure. slightly more confident. All right, I've started some comments because I thought these are pretty solid. So I'm going to go through those before I answer the question. Uh, Joseph says, Vrabel deserved one more season. And I think, you know, that thought uh, from Joseph, it was not, it was just going to get worse. That I think it had festered, festered was the word that uh, Diana Rossini and Joe Rexrode used on the athletic, festering, right? And I think the way it had built up, under the surface, just rumbling, rumbling, rumbling until it exploded, uh, would have not worked for one more year. And so I, and then I think John continued and says more confident to make a decision to fix an identified problem. And so I think the fact that the problem had been identified by Amy, then that this marriage that she thought she had hope in, she thought the marriage was going to work. And I'll, and I'll show the graphic from Buck again, because I do think this is valuable. Strunk's vision of Carthon and Vrabel's coexistence failed. Vrabel overplayed his hand, and now the two remaining heads must uh, a state must find a better way to articulate their vision. And so I I think Amy Adam Strunk truly believed that this arranged marriage was going to work up at the beginning, and then it didn't because Mike Vrabel 
is what got in the way. And so I, I don't think Mike, uh, I, I, Mike Vrabel's clearly at fault here for his role in this. I think Amy Adams Strunk still has a role in the blame game on this because if she truly, truly felt some type of way negatively about what Mike Vrabel said while he was in New England of not every place is like this, and the reporting from Diana, even on Buck's show yesterday too on The Zone, was saying that that was never discussed or brought up throughout. That was mid-October, Jack. That was during the bye week. That was, I want it like October 21st, 22nd, something like that. And we're sitting here two plus months later, and that was never discussed is a fault of Amy Adams Strunk's. And I think we have to understand that, you know, whenever you're in a relationship, the more things that go unsaid is what can come out and hurt the most when it hits its boiling point. And maybe it's a learning lesson for everybody involved that communication and reliability, when Zach and I are, are, are hiring or interviewing people for this company with A to Z, those are the two things, communication and reliability. If you can communicate and be reliable, as we run a digital company where people are all over the all over the country and the world in some cases, you got to be able to communicate. And if you can't, then it's not going to work out. And that, that's communication was the downfall from Amy Adams' strunk sides of things there too. Yeah, and I want to get to Brandon's comment on YouTube. He says, all of A to Z agreed that he needed one more season to see if he was truly the answer talking about Vrabel because he would have had the cap and draft power to fix the team in his image. Brandon, I, I still feel that way. I, I still feel that way. And – I do think it's a bit poetic on how it ended, right? Because how many times have we sat there and heard Vrabel at the podium say, do your job, just do your job. He said it to Christian Fulton. He said it to countless players. But at the end of the day, Vrabel's downfall was not that he didn't do his job, but he tried to do two people's job. And he got a little over his skis. And because of that, you know, there's this power dynamic that got a little awkward in the building, it sounds like. And, you know, when that happens, it's unfortunate because I think if Vrabel just did his job and focused on head coaching and not worried about roster control, which I understand is tough because he's earned, you know, he earned, you know, some respect in that building after having the success that he did. But if he had just did his job as head coach, kept his head down, tunnel vision, only looking forward, I think that he would have had an extra year here. But because there was this power dynamic that got so weird up top, that's why he's not going to be given that chance. So I do think it's a little poetic that he says, you know, he kept saying his whole mantra was just do mm-hmm. your job. And while he did his job, he his downfall was because he tried to level up. Yeah. Uh, Caleb has a funny, uh, two different Caleb's. Uh, this Caleb on YouTube says, I wish Amy would have waved at the camera after her Mike Keith interview, <laughs> oh. <laughs> just, just like they did. Uh, right there when uh, they drafted Josh Wiley, not a receiver in the fifth round. Uh, that would have been hilarious. Uh, another Caleb uh, brings up Jack. You're talking about cutthroat, right? Is this cutthroat? The dude got six seasons and hadn't won a playoff game since his second season. That's not, I guess, yeah, he hadn't won a playoff game since his second season. Vrabel losing his job was always the move. And so I think it's the last two years, you you, you understand John Robinson's, uh, you know, hand in all of the last two-year failure but the fact that Mike Vrabel was unable to hold it together up at the top. And I I think there is a, there is a big difference that we are all learning 
because all of the former players and current players with the Tennessee Titans that Mike Vrabel coach have had nothing but amazing things to say. Well, Tier Tart uh, did not. Uh, but most everybody else had amazing things to say about Vrabel being their coach, the best coach they've ever had. It's more than football, the relationship on and off the field, how much he cared, but in and how they didn't know what was going on. The level of disconnect of what's happening downstairs in the locker room and upstairs in the front office and how – you know, at the Titans facility, they've got some good insulation because if you can't hear the noises going on upstairs and everything seems fine and dandy downstairs, and that's a, a pretty good way to, to keep it steady. But so I guess um, you got something to that. I was going to say, think about this. Like Mike Vrabel and the Titans were three and seven when Amy Adams shrunk and the Titans released that message that Vrabel is safe and secure. Like he could have had a losing season. He could have had this bad season six and 11 and survived. It wasn't the on-field performance in itself that got him fired. It was the struggle between Rand Carthon and Mike Vrabel. And, and you know, that's it's well, a little I, frustrating for people who like Vrabel because I think I think we gotta clear that it up. I, I don't think it's a struggle between Vrabel and Rand. I think the struggle is between it's Vrabel between and Amy. Amy. Sure. Yeah. So I, I just think it's frustrating for those of us who do like Vrabel because I, I feel like with the money and the draft picks and, and just you know, knowing that Will Levis is your quarterback heading into the next year. I feel like he could have done great things with this roster, but it's unfortunate for both sides because now we'll never know. Yeah, uh, Demetrius says, uh, more confident in Rand and Amy moving forward. I'm not going to determine Amy and Rand's future based on a press conference that was much about nothing, and they didn't give their vision for the f- uh, franchise yet. Vrabel fans punching air right now uh, due to the Mayo hire to the Pats, right? And I think that's a good comment from Demetrius. And so I got, uh, you know, my turn to answer the question. Are you, do you feel more or less confident uh, in Amy Adams Strunk and, and Rand Carthon moving forward, I I feel more confident in in Amy Adams Strunk moving forward because it's another example of her making a difficult decision and moving on for the goal of a higher standard. I am still completely jury out on Rand Carthon. And I think another way to, to look at this, and, and Buck wrote this uh, for A to Z Sports.com. You go check that out. Uh, the, the league source that Buck has on Rand Carthon saying that Carthon is a master politician. He's just everybody's best friend. And that Buck went on to say, you know, there is a difference in politicking and diplomacy. Was Rand Carthon politicking this entire last year? Or was he just being diplomatic this entire last year? And we don't know unless you ask Rand himself in a truth serum type moment. We don't know if Rand was doing politics or just being Mr. Nice Guy and being everybody's best friend and trying to avoid confrontation. Because I also was looking at this too. And then if you haven't heard Buck's interview with Diana, it's also in that article. Buck went through and I thought laid out that Mike Vrabel is at his most comfortable when the person he's next to is at their least comfortable. Mike Vrabel thrives in confrontation and making you uncomfortable because that's how he has that upper hand and the advantage over whoever he's dealing with. And so I don't know if Rand Carthon was just submitting to Mike Vrabel's that and being diplomatic or if he was truly being 
politics politicking and 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 like I mean look a league source saying that he is a master politician is not something to bat an eye at it's something that I want to see play out moving forward and how much of this rookie draft class is Rand Carthon versus Mike Vrabel because what I also know from conversations this week is that Mike Vrabel had enough roster control this past year to make his own mistakes, to dig his own grave. And whether that's Andre Dillard, for example, we've been saying this for months, Jack. Andre Dillard was a Mike Vrabel sign-off in free agency. Maybe Rand Carthon and others were like, Mike, Andre Dillard? Like, you think Andre Dillard can be a starting left tackle? Okay, all right. Yeah. Or, okay, Mike, if that's who you want at left tackle in free agency, then, yeah, we'll sign Andre Dillard. Like, was that the level of, was that the digging your own grave move? I don't know that for a fact, but I do know that there is some of that that's happened. I just don't have any specifics. And maybe that's where Rand Carthon's, you know, strength and his diplomacy came back to get him because in that situation, you know, Rabel needs a guy above him who's not, who's not scared to tell him no. But Rand Carthon, never been a GM before, never even been a number two in a front office before. First year here, after they fired John Robinson and, you know, Mike Vrabel's done all this stuff. I don't know that being diplomatic in that situation helped Rand Carthon or the Titans, because if you're brought in to be the GM, be the damn GM, man. Don't play, don't play politics here. Don't yeah, try again, and make like, Vrabel happy. The, but what's the long play, right? And I think that's, sure. That's it, but right? It, is there isn't that a an awkward play? position? Isn't that an awkward position to put your first year GM in? It Hell just yeah. to like, okay, okay, like you guys work together and I'll just, I'll sit back here and watch. And maybe Amy deserves a little blame for that, not creating a, you know, a, a strong enough structure between the two. The collaborative effort was set up to fail. I said it on the podcast this week. It's a system that's set up to fail. So the next head coach you bring in, not only do you have to make sure he's the right guy to run a CEO-type operation on the football team, but you've got to make sure he falls in line with what you believe in the structure should be in this building. And I think that that's where things got murky. Yeah, uh, look, no doubt. Uh, I, I completely agree uh, with that. And I think that is, you know, when, when Rain Carthon saying, you know, I, I'm not, it's not my job. I'm not going to go out here and, 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 you know, share our vision yet. We have our vision, but it, I'm not, it's not my time to, to, to do it, whatever that is. Then I, I do think we have to, it, you know, I'm not that butthurt about them saying we're not ready to answer our vision. I think there is a vision. They have to figure out with whoever that is of how they can be more specific with the role between GM and head coach with whoever the new head coach is. Um, all right, that Jack. word has pissed, that word has pissed me off so much this week. This vision word. You don't yeah. think that they have a vision firing Mike Vrabel, an established, proven winner as a head coach in this football league? They, they absolutely have a vision. They're not going to tell you it right now. They've got a. They're casting a wide net of candidates. But by firing Mike Rabel, that tells me that they have some type of vision. And that tells me that the next head coach they bring in is probably not going to meddle with the roster. That's probably going to be left up to Rand Carthon. So uh, just because Amy and Rand, especially Rand, like you guys getting on to Rand at his presser, that guy was a sitting duck out there. He, he, I don't know what you expected him to say, but they absolutely have a vision. They're not going to tell you it right now. But Amy in the sit down with Mike Key said, you know what, I'll answer all your questions as soon as we find our head coach. They've got a vision. Just because they're not telling you their vision doesn't mean they don't have one. That word has driven me crazy all week, Austin. 
Oh, I, yeah. And because I, I still believe that Rand Carthon thinks the best way to win is by supplying the head coach with the players that they want to fit their system. Like that is how it, it should be set up is that the GM should not be dictating coaching decisions. It should need, it has to be a collaboration. I know that's another buzzword that's annoying as hell right now, but it has to be a collaboration or it's not going to work. So ran is going to do and get players for what the next head coach wants, but ran and Amy and others in the organization are going to find the head coach that fits with what they want, which is evolve and innovate. Just like Amy said, in her statement. All right, Jack, let's get to our second topic here, which is about Amy Adams Strunk. We want to play the one word game. What is one word, one word to describe Amy Adams Strunk? One word to describe the Titans controlling owner, Amy Adams Strunk. But first, I'll tell you guys about the Bone and Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. Whenever an injury happens in life, you have to know who you can turn to, and that is the Bone and Joint Institute. It is their specialty to get you back on the playing field of life as quickly as possible. They do a phenomenal job with all their experts. Uh, they also have all the resources that you need to get back uh, out there after that injury uh, in as an efficient way as possible. Boneandjointtn.org, the website. It's so easy to, to sign up and book an appointment. You know exactly uh, what your injury is, what body part you're dealing with. You sort through the specialists that are experts in those areas, and boom, you go in, you book an appointment based on your schedule right there, boneandjointtn.org. BetMGM.com is the king of sportsbooks for a reason. It's easy to navigate. They've got daily boosted odd specials, parlay selection features. They've got it all, and now is the time to get some skin in the game with the NFL playoffs starting tomorrow. I know all of you guys have a side you want to take. So go ahead and download BetMGM, use our bonus code ATOZ Sports, and get up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet misses. They want you to hit your first one. So download BetMGM, new users, plug in our bonus code ATOZ Sports, and get up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet misses. All right, speaking of losing bets, Mike Vrabel, uh, his ego cost him the bet he made on himself uh, when he went up against Amy Adams Strong. So what is one word to describe Titans controlling owner Amy Adams-Strunk. Jack, I will send you to the chat on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Make sure you're liking the show this morning. So what are the one words flying through? Yes, we're going to start on YouTube. We're 12 likes away on Facebook. We get to 12 likes. I'll start with Facebook next. Oh. Um, Daniel starts us off on YouTube, says baller. Uh, Raymond says confident. We're seeing strong from Burning Devil. Uh, Goat from Ross Biggie. Rich from Dylan Cole. That, that's not wrong. Um, decisive from Brandon. <laughs> Uh, we've got a couple, Mr. Crown and Brandon, checking in with emotional. Uh, Eric Castillo says it's business. Scott Weaver says balls. Petty, leader, uh, going down the ladder here. Ineptitude, gangster, strong. Man, there's a lot of words all over the place. There's ineptitude and Really gangster. good words. Really, wor right? really good Petty, words. Petty, reactionary, emotional, and no nonsense. And balls, yes, exactly. Uh, measured from Darren Lee. Mom from Devin. Uh, another gangster. Balls, overzealous, ballsy again, uh, goat, mama, um, I don't know about that, tough, top G, shrewd, uh, petty, visionary again, we have Orlando with a good word, fearless, determined, mm. titan mom, gangsta, boss, 
a lot of great words here. Austin, I want to ask you first, what's your one word to describe this? Uh, I was going to let you go first. Okay, well, I can go first. What's one word to describe Titans owner Amy Adams Strunk? I think my one word is, oh, man, I wanted you to go first because I still hadn't settled on mine. Okay, but, fine, I'll go first. I'll go first. Okay. She is, my one word is standard because it's the standard that she is setting. It's not about winning the division. You know, you and I joked uh, going down to Acme right before that Jags game. Remember the the Jags fans walking across yes. the pedestrian Ugh. bridge are like, Duval owns the AFC South. I was like, bunch of doofuses. Who, like, who cares? Like, and and what I said this: Who cares about the AFC South? Like, who ca- Like, who? What fan base is out there? Like. We own the NBA's Southwest division. Like that's such a (laughs) low bar to care about owning, you know, like I don't care about the AFC South, like sure. Winning the AFC South, you have rivalries there that matter and that helps you get to where you want to go, but it should be the AFC runs through Nashville or the Tennessee Titans are contenders in the AFC to represent this conference in the Super Bowl. I don't give a damn about divisional bragging rights. It's are you a contender for the Lombardi or are you not? And I think what Amy Adams Strunk is showing us is her standard. My one word to describe her is way above the AFC South. It's way above winning games 20 to 17. And she said it in her statement. It's not about winning more games than losing. It's about competing for championships. And while an AFC South championship is on the way to that goal and is a checkpoint to get to, and Mike Vrabel hit that checkpoint, it is not the standard. The standard is to get back to the Super Bowl where her dad had this franchise in 1999. And her dad ran it into the ground, but his standard was to get there, but he made mistakes as he got later in life. But I think Amy Adams Strunk's standard is what is going to give the Titans an opportunity to reach that high goal. Because if you're just happy with collecting checks and hanging AFC South titles in the, in the, in the facility, then, you know, that's all you're going to be. And you're never going to go for it and get higher than that. I'm going to use the word unwavering. I think that Amy Adams Schunk is unwavering in the fact that she's dedicated to winning at a high level. Like you said, she's got a high standard for this team. Making the playoffs isn't enough anymore. And you heard that when they went from good to great, right? You remember the good to great mantra? There's obviously a high standard, and Amy Adams Strunk is unwavering in in what it takes to get there. And you saw that by the Titans firing probably the best coach they've had since they moved to Tennessee. And I know that Fisher puts up a good fight in that debate. Um, but it, it, it was a it was a really cutthroat move, and you know, but it, but it showed me that she's not loyal to anything except for winning, and that's a good that's a good spot to have your owner in, a good mindset to for your owner to have mm-hmm. for a team that you know I think we've seen them and we're 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 satisfied with the division titles and the the AFC title run was cool, but we're like this city is due like we we've seen winning at a high level. Let's let's get to a Super Bowl. And I think that Amy Adams Shrunk has that vision and she's unwavering in what it takes to get there. So that's gonna be my word. Unwavering? Unwavering. 
I like it. I like it. Um, uh, Karen likes uh, that too. And uh, M Crown says Rabel hoists the Lombardi long before the Titans book it. Does he? Wow. I mean, look, uh, depends what job he lands at, because I think there's one in Philadelphia that may come open soon. And, you know, maybe mm. he lands there. We'll see about it. But um, I look, it's I think it's a fair bet. I wouldn't be surprised if he won one before the Titans did, because let's face it, the Titans, from a personnel standpoint, are behind a lot of teams in this league. It's going to take him a couple years. Vrabel might land in a situation that's ready to win now. Yeah, and, and Bork says he has to get a job first. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, and and then Burning Devil says, who cares if he does or not? Do you have to, though? Like, you kind of yeah, have to. You, you got to care. But I also think, like, and I'm going to use the, because the term marriage has been brought up so much in uh, this situation this week, is just because somebody has a marriage that doesn't work out and they get divorced doesn't mean they can't have a great marriage to follow that up. You know, mm -hmm. like sometimes, True. and look, the Tennessee Titans had a great marriage with Mike Vrabel for a good chunk of time. Six years in the NFL is not short. It's not short at all. Six years in the NFL is a pretty good chunk and a good opportunity for things to get figured out. But just because it didn't end up working out here even longer doesn't mean Mike Vrabel can't continue forward and the Titans can't continue forward. And if Mike Vrabel does hoist the Lombardi trophy before the Tennessee Titans at one of his next head coaching gigs still does not change the decision or right or wrong decision that Amy has still made this week. Right. It wasn't going the right way here. Yeah, no, you're right. And, but I, I think it's impossible not to care where he lands. Like, I mean, that's that's just how things work. Like, if Vrabel ends up having a ton of success with a better roster, I mean, it is what it is. But at the same time, you're always going to wonder what could have been. And you're going to yep. second-guess Amy if that happens. If she doesn't hit the nail on the head with this next hire, which I believe she will do because that's all she's ever done since taking over in 2015. So mm -hmm. it's absolutely something that I'm going to care about. And, I, and Vrabel's not going away. He's going to be a head coach in this league. For a long, long time, we're gonna have to deal with it. But I mean, oh, you know, he's gonna have a lot of chances to win a Super Bowl. So are the Titans, hopefully. Um, and there's great examples. I saw Scott Weaver's comment. I may not be able to find it, but I did read it. And he he says that the Texans are a great example. Here it is, Jack. But if they can do it right, talking about rebuilding, they can have a quick turnaround like the Texans did. D'Amico Ryan's first year head coach wins the division, has a great shot at winning a playoff game on tomorrow night. So I think that there is a quicker path to success than most realize right now. And while there is a lot of question marks and uncertainty hovering around this franchise, there is a lot to work with heading into next season and getting back on that track to not only compete for the AFC South, but compete at the top of the AFC. So that's kind of, yeah. and that's, and I, I know that's what Amy's envisioning as well. For sure. All right. Got a couple updates on some head coach interviews the Titans are having and uh, an old name back in some news this morning. Uh, we'll get to those and Super Chats. Super Chats coming up. But first, Krebs Kubota is where you should turn for all of your equipment needs. KrebsKubota.com is their website. An elite Kubota dealer. They've got the best equipment 
the best warranties for that equipment in the industry, and you get the best customer service across Middle Tennessee going to Krebs Kubota, three amazing locations, Columbia, Franklin, and Murfreesboro for their services. Whatever your projects are, they've got the power units, the implementations to go along with that, to have your projects and your equipment be as diverse as possible. If you need to buy the equipment for the long haul because you've got some land uh, in Middle Tennessee to take care of, awesome. Krebs Kubota is the relationship you need to make that go further. Maybe you just need to rent something for a weekend project, no sweat. Uh, Krebs Kubota has that. Or if you're like me and you just have a, a decent sized yard and take care of it uh, this upcoming spring and summer, Krebs Kubota has the mowers that you need for your yard, the trimmers, whatever else that's going on, uh, big or small with your outdoor projects and your equipment needs at KrebsKubota.com. BetMGM satisfies all your needs if you're into sports betting. Download BetMGM, plug in our bonus code ATOZ Sports. You'll get up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If your first bet misses, now's a great time to get in on it. If you're not willing to bet on the NFL, college basketball is in full swing. Wow, what a crazy week we've already had on the hardwood at the college level. It's a great time to get in the game. So do it with BetMGM. Sign up, new users with our bonus code A to Z Sports, and take advantage of this great offer today. All right, so Jack, some uh, updated news here uh, for Titans head coaching interviews. I, I've seen this uh, that, you know, I'll go through and I'll, I'll show our, our, our request uh, graphic and uh, we'll have to add Bobby Slowick to this. Uh, but the Titans have already scheduled to have these virtual interviews with Brian Callahan, the Bengals offensive coordinator, and Antonio Pierce, the Raiders interim head coach. And actually, I don't necessarily think these have to be virtual because those two teams are not in the playoffs, the Bengals and the Raiders. Uh, so they have already scheduled those interviews with Brian Callahan and Antonio Pierce. Jack, do you have any uh, thoughts on, on that update? Uh, you know, I mean, it's great that they're getting these over with. You know, I, Brian Callahan's now got a few places he's going to visit, and Antonio Pierce is going to be an interesting person to talk to in general, whether or not you actually believe he's, you know, a head head coach for the Titans. I think that he's got a lot of experience and, you know, stepping into a unique situation last year, I guarantee you he'll have some, some thoughts on what to do on the defensive side of the football. Um, so, you know, I think it's a great start. The Titans got to keep it rolling here. And I, I like how they're continuing to add to this list. You know, they didn't come out day one, say, you know what, these are our seven guys. This is our list and we're sticking to it. They've added Bobby Slowick. Hopefully they add Frank Smith. Um, so, so that's kind of where I stand on this. But I look, two great candidates to start. Let's see what they have. Yeah, I think I, I saw somebody say Brian Johnson was also requested. I'm not sure if I, yeah. I haven't seen that. Uh, so Brian Johnson of Philadelphia. I believe I believe I saw that as well. Um, I'll try and find out who reported it really quickly. Yeah, um, yeah they did. They, they did request. It. They did request um, an interview with the Eagles' offensive coordinator Brian Johnson who's done some great stuff in Philly, but honestly, Austin, the way Philly's looked down the stretch makes me a little nervous. It was his first year as a coordinator, though, up there. So um, it, it's it's pretty good work from him, you know, with an injured Jalen Hurts. What do you think? I think a lot of I think a lot of Philadelphia's issues this year are Nick Sirianni related. Um, maybe not sure. necessarily Brian Johnson, but I think Nick Sirianni is uh, <clears throat> the guy that you can point the finger at for what's not going well uh this season and look it it Shane Steichen did a great job with Philadelphia you've seen a lot of Philadelphia offensive coordinators move on and do pretty well as head coaches like Doug Peterson Frank Reich um 
you didn't have John D. Filippo get that opportunity really, but then Shane Steichen has done very well. And now we'll see what happens if, um, if it is uh, Brian Johnson that gets his next name in this. And so uh, the Titans, just to kind of reset that, the Titans have uh, scheduled these interviews with Brian Callahan, the Bengals offensive coordinator, and also uh, Antonio Pierce, the Raiders interim head coach. Now, Jack, here's an old name alert. You ready for this? Ready. Ian Rappaport. As the Patriots plot out a new direction and set out to hire a general manager, a few names to consider with ties to New England, former Raiders GM Dave Ziegler, former Chiefs Chiefs assistant GM Mike uh, Borgonzi, 49ers executive GM uh, Adam Peters, and Bengals executive Trey Brown, and plus former Titans GM John Robinson. Wow. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not shocked. Like John Robinson did some, and people are going to eat me alive as soon as I say this. He did some good things here, right? I mean, Jack, he, I'm going to correct you. I'm going to correct you. I'm going to correct you. He did a lot. John Robinson did, did a lot. lot of good things here. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, he orchestrated a playoff run that went to the AFC title, you know, finding Ryan Tannehill for nothing, um, making some great moves along the way. And yeah, sure. He's had his busts as any GM will, but I, I, honestly, there's a part of me that's happy for John Robinson getting a shot at this thing again. Yeah, I, you know, John Robinson's tenure uh, in Nashville could be split in two parts. Um, there was everything that happened in the draft and off seasons from 2016 to 2019, very, very good, and then 2020 through 2022, absolutely god awful. I mean, it's it's as clear as day. It's that's the difference. <laughs> it's all or nothing with John Robinson. It really is. So if yeah. you get good J Rob, you're going to thrive. You're going to make the playoffs. You're going to have a really fun team. If you get bad J Rob, well, the next three to five years are going to be hell. Yep. All right. Uh, time for some super chats here before we get to good news. Ryan says, Sam is used to being wrong. He likes the bears for goodness sake. Well, I mean like Ryan, like y- you can't say that because you clearly jump to Kentucky basketball after football season where you say you're a Michigan fan. So of course, like if you're going to stick with one team, then you're going to stick with it. So Ryan's playing both sides of that coin. And when you grow up in Chicago, you better be a bears fan. Uh, Brandon said, um, I like what Buck said about ran ran was asked if he thought he failed. And he said, no, Buck said your season ended six and 11 and your head coach got fired. You failed. And I think, Rand was answering Jack. Did your plan fail as far as your logistics and operations rather than the result? Did the process fail and not necessarily the wins and losses result? Because those can be two different things in a way. Yeah. And this season could have been totally different if they didn't blow five halftime leads. Like the Titans did position themselves to win many more games than they actually did. But you know, and and maybe that's, that's attributed to the process, but you know, it's a results-based business. The results weren't good. Now you got to find a new head coach. All right. Uh, Ryan comes back and said, Vrabel had no right to demand anything. If he wouldn't fire DUI Downing last year, the writing was on the wall that he would never change. Well, he did fire Todd Downing. And I think the situation with the DUI was, and I don't know this for fact, but I'm trying to connect dots too. There could have been some liability situations 
with the Titans if they fired Todd Downing because of a DUI versus if they fire a coach because of coach performance. Um, so I think that's, you know, I'm he not going to fire him a year too late. He did yeah. fire him a year too late. I'm going to fire Todd Downing after year one rather than after year two. Uh, Andre has a couple super chats. Uh, Vrabel's arrogance and ego cost us a lot. It, uh, it may have cost us uh, the Titans a Super Bowl appearance when he screwed over Pease against KC. It was always going to bowl over. And that's, uh, you know, a recall from a couple years ago, Wesley Woodyard on 104.5 The Zone saying Vrabel took over play calling duties on defense for the AFC Championship game instead of Dean Pease. And Wesley Woodyard had some choice words about Vrabel. You're either with him or you're against him uh, there. Andre says, uh, is Vrabel's ego part of why Schwartz wasn't giving the DC job. Did Rand really say Skaronsky was getting a shot at left tackle? Did ego play a part there too with Dillard? I don't know about the Jim Schwartz thing. Shane Bowen, I think, has done a pretty good job. The Titans' yeah. defense is not the issue. Mm-hmm. Um, Shane Bowen did nothing to to deserve being fired and having Jim Schwartz, you know, uh, uproot him. But uh, I will say the Skaronsky thing at left tackle sounds like something that they're going to explore this offseason. I just I just wonder why, you know, an all-American left tackle in college with such problems at left tackle during the season didn't get a shot out there. So here's I think here's here's how Rand answered the whole thing, the full answer. You know, why did not why did the all-American left tackle in college, Peter Skronsky, not get a shot at left tackle when you had so many problems, right? The fair question to be asked. And I'm summarizing that, you know, in the NFL, players are longer and more powerful uh, than they are in college. And we, you know, we understand we wanted and thought Peter would be the left guard of the future. And so we put him at left guard. Then when you get to the season and you have all these left tackle problems, if you move Peter Skaronsky, who also had an appendectomy in week two, uh, that goes into play. If you move Peter Skaronsky to left tackle, then you might have a length issue and now you're creating a hole at left guard. So why not keep, Peter Skaronsky at left guard and try to not have to plug two holes and then followed up with, yeah, he might get a shot in this off season, but we don't know yet. And so I think the criticism is fair. And this is a whole other topic. The criticism of, well, now you have no idea if Peter Skaronsky can play left tackle successfully in the NFL going into a draft where you might be picking a left tackle. Yeah, it definitely muddies the water a little bit. It, I just thought it was a uh, you know a little questionable. Like I would sacrifice a little length on the left tackle for the athleticism that Skaronsky brings, but that's just me. I'm not a GM, yeah. and I'm certainly not an offensive line talent evaluator. Uh, for sure. Um, uh, then yes, I definitely think ego played a part with Andre Dillard, as I kind of talked about that earlier. Um, uh, let's see. Kane says he is gone, as in Vrabel. Only time will tell. Uh, only only time this will really matter is when the Titans play whatever team he's on. Otherwise, how many times will the media beat a dead, dead ass? Horse. Dead, dead horse. horse. Oh, okay. There it is. Dead horse. I, got, I thought that might be a donkey for a second. Uh, dead horse there. So um, last super chat in, in amnesia, you know, you paid five bucks for it. So I'll read it. Uh, Amy is proof that size doesn't matter. It's all about who makes the bigger thud when it hits the table. Jesus. In the morning amnesia, that's where we're going. We're going bad visuals at 9, 15 a.m. Man. That's I mean, brutal. I had to do it. I, I had yeah, to. He paid. That man paid his money. Uh, yes, I, I had to. <laughs> to read the end music thing. All right, Jack. Um, 
we're going to get to good news, but Jack, we've got a brand new offer uh, with BetMGM and we've got a bet for the weekend, but don't forget BetMGM, download the app. You can always use our code ATOZ sports to get a uh, first bet offer that you can't beat up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. Uh, if uh, that uh, bet misses, but you can also use uh, BetMGM and sign up using bonus code ATOZ. 150. That's ATOZ 150. ATOZ 150. Then place a $5 money line wager on the big game and you'll receive $150 back in bonus bets right there. So check that out with BetMGM, uh, our main code, ATOZ Sports, up to $1,500 back in bonus bets uh, right there. So, Jack. You've got a bet for the weekend. What you got for us? I do. We're heading up to Arrowhead Stadium on Saturday night. We're taking the Chiefs laying four and a half against the Dolphins for a variety of reasons. The Miami Dolphins have lost 10 straight games in games played in under 40 degree weather. 10 straight under 40. You know what the high on Saturday night's going to be? What is it? 12 degrees Woo! with a low of negative five. Um, you know, in Tua in games under 70 degrees is six and 13 as a starter. The chiefs got there, you know, got a win over the dolphins earlier this season in Germany. It was a weird game, a little back and forth, but I think that gives them an edge here. But another thing about this dolphins team, a lot of them are calling them. A lot of people are calling them frauds and the way they choke that division away. It's hard to blame people for calling them that the dolphins this season against playoff teams, just one in five. They aren't proven against these elite teams. While they can put up a lot of numbers, I wonder if their offense slows down in Arrowhead, a really tough place to play, and the type of weather that Tua does not thrive in. Going from South Beach to cold Arrowhead, give me the Chiefs minus four and a half. Chiefs minus four and a half. Okay. And, you know, Burning Devil says don't bet against Mahomes. Uh, Jacob says Chiefs will win. Uh, let's see. I see um, – uh, our guy, Jason, he says it's freezing here right there. Uh, and then I did see somebody said that uh, Ricky, the two is 0-4 in games under 40 degrees. He did play a great game last year in Buffalo in the snow, even though the Bills came out the victors in that situation. It wasn't because Tua played poorly. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I think um, Chiefs minus four and a half, though. That's a weird number, right? Because you're right. It's because – it's more than a field goal, obviously. It's also the the hook, the half on the four and a half is interesting because then you get into the the need a touchdown. It, it, you can win by four in the NFL. That happens a lot, and that's a it, it is a big number right there, minus four and a half. But Lucas uh, is that a minus one ten price. Good betters get in early, like Lucas said. He got KC at minus three and a half. Man, if it drops back down there, I'll be all over it. I missed the early number. So I'm going to stay away right now, but I do like four and a half. I'll probably end up playing it if it sticks there. Uh, but I'm going to give it a few. I'm going to give it a few hours to see if that thing drops a little bit. Okay. All right. And I think there's some money to be made here with money line parlays. Uh, I've got my eye on Chiefs, Bills, Cowboys as a money line parlay. I might do a teaser line because the Cowboys are minus seven. I might add Cowboys minus two and a half or something like that to that. Because the Cowboys usually win big at home, but you never can trust the, the Dallas Cowboys in the playoffs, especially against a brand like the Packers. But um, so that's look, I, I like your Chiefs minus four and a half. I'll probably uh, roll with that uh, here. But Jack, let's wrap up a crazy week. It has been a nutso week here with A to Z Sports and across the entire sports land. Let's do it with some good news. 
shout out to our friends at Wilson County Hyundai. WilsonCountyHyundai.com is where to go to make them a part of your new car buying process. So go see them in Lebanon and say hey to Payne Bone Force and give us uh, some shout out there at WilsonCountyHyundai.com. It is now time for good news. Jack, I'll send you the chat to see what people have for good news today. Facebook, you have earned this. We are starting on Facebook. We're at 109. Hey, let's see if we can get to 125 before the show ends. Like the show. Orlando starts us off on on Facebook. Says, I I get to fire up the old plane tracker with Saban ripping my heart out of my chest on Wednesday. I'm sorry about that. But you know what? You you, you lived through a dynasty. Appreciate it. It'll probably never happen again in your lifetime. But the plane tracker's back. I mean, the carousel's just getting started in college. It's a late start, too. It's going to be interesting to see where some of these players end up. On that note, Jeff Rubel checks in with some good news. Seems like everyone is coming back for Ohio State, and they're killing it in the portal, adding Will Howard, the Kansas State transfer quarterback, and Quinshawn Judkins, my guy, the Ole Miss running back, who a lot of teammates have turned on in recent weeks, saying that he gets onto them. Uh, as, you know, No linemen are helping him. He's calling out his linemen for not blocking. Kind of a little bit of a diva going up to Ohio State, but maybe it works out. Caleb Downs would be a great add. I know that Ohio State was in on that guy before he committed to Alabama. So good news for Ohio State fans there. And, hey, Mike Vrabel's available. Um, Jason Martinez says, good news. A to Z is a great company because they care about their audience. I complained twice about the imbalance between red comments between Facebook and YouTube. I appreciate the extra effort. I know it's hard to mush through some stupid comments from Frazier on Facebook, but you're tr- you trying anyways. Thanks. Ban Frazier to YouTube, please. I, I'm a Chris, I'm a Chris Frazier guy. I can't ban him. Um, I love his activity as well. So continuing going on here, Ethan on YouTube says, good news. Saban retired in Alabama is struggling to find a successor. That caught me off guard when Dan letting Dan Lanning said no to Bama. How about you, Austin? Good move by Dan Lanning. Really? I mean, yeah, it's look, a tough it, place it, to follow up. Right. Did I say this yesterday about Bill Belichick making it fairly easy to be the guy to replace yes. the guy? Nick Saban and Nick Saban's not like, yeah, like, I, look, it's going to be tough for Alabama, man. Like every, all these Bama fans and all these other fans making fun of, uh, of Tennessee getting down to candidate seven when they hired uh, Pruitt and all this, you know, hiring coaches, not that easy these days, especially when you're deep into January not that easy nope you're right uh denise says good news three day weekend gonna be cold and she's right making soup it's a good weekend to break out that crock pot folks get that crock pot out this weekend fire up the chili um we got good news from nate's burner taking his girlfriend tango dancing this weekend good for you nate's burner bust a move zach goodman says good news long weekend ahead that's right baby number two on the way for bork that's oh. great news. Congrat early congratulations to you, Bork. Report back on Monday. Um, but good, good, good news and good, well, congratulations and good luck to you and your wife there. Um, good news from Scary Harry. He's having Christmas with his son this week. That's great news, Scary Harry. Um, we're Tennessee Titans fans. It's always great news to be Titans fans. Well, I, well, I may not always agree with that, um, Mr. Jones. I love the optimism. I love that, um, Patrick Byrne. New era of Titans football. That's great news. Um, finally, Demetrius on Facebook says, good news. The Jags aren't the playoffs. Vrabel fired and didn't get the patch job. And Saban is retired. Go Vols. It's a great weekend to be a Vol. See if they can uh, you know, get some redemption on the hardwood after a tough loss in Starkville. 
Austin, my good news yeah, is we get to take a deep breath. Oh, do we? <laughs> it's been a long week. It's been a really long week. And I'm just glad that we've made it through. So, you know, there was a point in this week where I didn't think I'd make it to Friday, but we've made it. The show's about to end. We get to sit back and watch some football. And, and you know, while also getting on our phones, scrolling, seeing the latest updates on the coaching carousel. But I, my good news is that we've made it to Friday and we get to relax and kick our feet up on a long weekend and finally get to enjoy some football without worrying what the Titans will do next. Well, we're still going to worry about it, but um, we get at least football to go alongside um, some of our stresses. So that's my good news this week. Austin, what's yours? My good news is, look, I as a Tennessee Vol alum and somebody who went to school through the Nick Saban era at Tennessee, I also, uh, you know, was, I remember exactly where I was when Tennessee almost beat Saban for the first time when Terrence Cody blocked that kick. Uh, I do remember very vividly when always hold to my heart uh, that game when Tennessee did beat Alabama uh, two seasons ago. Look, that's not my official good news, but it is nice to be like, all right, Tennessee got one on him before he retired. I'm glad that that happened. Uh, but my actual good news, Jack, one in sixteen. What? <laughs> one in sixteen. You, you got to you got to cling to that one, baby. Got the one, man. Got the one. Uh, my actual good news: a show is back today that I've been waiting almost a full year for. And this is a, like, I am not, my wife and I are not reality TV people, but there is a show that had us hooked and it's back for season two today. And it's on Peacock. So everybody who needs to learn how to watch Peacock tomorrow for a playoff game, then you can go learn Peacock for traders. Traders season two is back. And Jack, I don't know if you watched Traders last year, but it is a phenomenal show. It's a great game. Basically a combination of all the voting off the person games mixed into one. And Traders is back today for the next season with the first three episodes. And that is exactly what I'm doing for three episodes tonight. Uh, when we get to lock up the work week is watching all three episodes of Traders tonight. See, that's how you make the most out of your Peacock subscription right there. Not only do you get Chiefs and Dolphins, but you also get season two of Traders. I'm in. I'm going to start it's it. It's Like you're, you're a traitor, not like you're trading players. You're a trader. And so it is kind of like, so um, Shrike asks, is it like the mole or something? In a way, it's, uh, it basically there's a group of people that are in Scotland at this crazy castle, and there are three people chosen to be traitors, and then everybody else are faithfuls. They play games like the mole, and uh, you try to figure out who the traitors are, and then they kill somebody off in the night. Every night they kill somebody off, and you wake up for breakfast the next morning trying to figure out who has been killed off of the faithfuls by the traitors, and. It's just a great show and it's all mixed of reality TV people. And so you're going to see some strategies play out uh, from, uh, you know, survivor cast, big brother cast, any of those other type of um, yeah. It's J Jeff. It's kind of like mafia. Exactly. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's a great show. Great show. There Deontay Wilder is in it. The 
Uh, oh yeah. The, yeah. You know Bob. who else is in it? You know who else is in it? Michael Jordan's son and Scottie Pippen's ex-wife. <laughs> and they're oh. dating. <laughs> I can't stand Larsa Pippen, man. I can't stand it. That's Larsa, that's gotta be Larsa the weirdest Pippen's thing going on. Uh, but anyway, um Traders starts tonight. That is my good news. That's great news. And it's great news for people who need a show because right now there's not a lot of shows out. Uh, you know, after the writer's strike and everything, it was a bit of a lull. So I need something to get into. Maybe I'll sink my teeth into Traders. Yeah, Traders is fun. Uh, and yeah, Sam does love Survivor. I'm Bachelor Nation. I've talked to Sam about Traders last spring when we when we discovered it. Uh, but yeah, uh, pretty pretty incredible. All right. That'll be it for us on this Friday. My goodness, what a week. But make sure you like the show on the way out. You guys have been fantastic all week long. Stay tuned to A2ZSports.com uh, for more content on what Mike Rabel's next move might be, more unpacking of the situation and who the Titans are going to go after, all of our social medias as well. So like the show, Jack, you got Jack giggling off screen uh, here for some reason. But that'll be it for us. Everybody have a great, safe weekend. Uh, we should, I, I believe we'll be live on Monday for MLK day because of all the NFL action going on. So enjoy the weekend. Appreciate it.